Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling. Just here for the beer. Tonight, I am drinking the Axe Drager IPA from Beaver Island Brewery that hails from St. Cloud, Minnesota. They're located up there on 6th Avenue South and is another brewery that is a mere blocks away from the glorious Mississippi River up there. The Axe Drager is an IPA, like I mentioned, and honestly, uh, for an IPA, this is this is pretty, pretty heavy. It's, oh, wow, I guess I didn't see that. 6.3 APV, so that would explain it. Um, Folklore actually says it was Paul Bunyan's axe that carved the Mississippi River. And that's a story that inspired this legendary IPA sculpted with Minnesota's own mighty axe hops. I'm sorry to let you guys down, but those are not my words. <laughs> uh, that is how they described this beer on the website. And honestly, just from reading that, I need to go to this brewery like tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, not my own words, uh, but I had to share it with you guys. I mean, after reading that, I was just like... Uh, more people need to know about this. So weirdly enough with this beer, uh, because it's so uh, heavy, like I mentioned, it doesn't taste very hoppy. And truthfully, the aftertaste kind of, it, it turns lighter. But truthfully, other than that, it's, this is probably one of, I mean, I like to think of myself as a beer connoisseur, but this is probably one of the hardest IPAs or just beers in general that I've kind of given my two cents on, whether on this podcast or to friends, that I'm having a hard time describing it. So truthfully, you guys are just going to have to go check it out, myself in, uh, included. Like I said, I've had a few of their beers, but I've actually never been up there. But after looking into this brewery, seeing all their pictures they have of their gorgeous patio and some of the views it's it's a must for me. So I'm happy to say they are open for dining right now. Unfortunately, on Mondays and Tuesdays, they are closed, but they're open Wednesdays and Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from noon to 9 p.m., and Sundays noon to 6. So, excuse me, go check them out. Goldie's Locker Room Talk. The men's hockey team avenged Notre Dame this last weekend after the Fighting Irish swept the Gophers about a month ago. This time the Gophers swept them. On our polls this last week, 53% of you guys thought the first game of the weekend series would go in the way of the Gophers, and you 53% were very right. Friday night they opened the weekend with a 3-0 win as Hobie Baker Award and Mike Richter Award candidates Jack LaFontaine earned his fourth shutout of the year. Minnesota opened the game with a power play from junior captain Sammy Walker, his 11th goal of the year, and a little over halfway through the first period. The one-goal lead held through the second period before Sampo Ranta tallied his 13th goal of the year with a little under five minutes left in the game, deflecting a Brandon McManus shot from the point. And junior forward Blake McLaughlin sealed the deal for the Gophers on the opening night with an empty netter. Only one second left in the game to notch the victory. The next night, goalie Jack LaFontaine was at it again as he stopped another 28 shots en route to his second straight shutout against the Fighting Irish. 
In this game, McManus picked up the eventual game winner with his seventh goal of the year after an incredible pass from Sampo Ranta at 4.09 of the second period. And then Nathan Burke added to the lead just over two minutes later when he forced a turnover and scored his third goal of the year. The trio of Ranta, Scott Reedy, and Brandon McManus teamed up yet again in the third period when Sampo Ranta tacked on his 14th goal of the year to conclude the scoring in the second game. Sampo Ranta's 14 goals currently ranks him second in the nation for goals, so congratulations to him. With that, next up for the men's hockey team as they're wrapping up their regular season schedule, they will play host to the Michigan State Spartans to this weekend. Tomorrow night's game will be at 7 p.m. and can be found on FSN+. And Saturday's matchup will be played at 5 p.m. on Fox Sports North. For the women's hockey team, they got swept, unfortunately, this last weekend to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Once again in our polls, 94% of you said Friday night the girls would win, but they would fall short of forcing overtime and a potential comeback victory. Um, Friday night, sophomore Michaela Paul made 36 saves, and Emily Brown scored the Gophers' lone goal as they lost 1-2 to two to the visiting Buckeyes. Both teams skated to a scoreless first period as Michaela Paul made 17 saves in the opening period alone. However, in the middle of the second period, Ohio State got on the board from a pair of goals scored within just four minutes of each other. The third period saw the Gophers outshoot the Buckeyes 15-8, and Emily Brown spoiled Ohio State's goaltender's shutout with her second goal of the season in the final minute after pulling Michaela Paul for the skater advantage, but unfortunately the maroon and gold could not find the equalizer. The next night, the Gophers got out to a hot start against the Buckeyes, but gave up three second-period goals on the way to a 2-3 loss. However, like I said, Ohio State erupted for those three third-period goals. Uh, one was scored on the board just 48 seconds into the period before Jennifer Gardner and Tatum Skaggs, I remember her name, she scored on us earlier in the year too, scored back-to-back -back goals at 11-23 and 12 uh, 16 to take the lead and the Gophers were just unable to find the equalizer the rest of the game. Lauren Bench made 20 saves while Ohio State got 23 saves from Andrea Brennelli. Minnesota had the advantage in the shots on goal in this game 25 to 23 and including a 9 to 5 advantage in the third period alone. Both teams were scoreless on the power play this game, with the Gophers going an unusual 0 for 5 on the power play, but 2 for 2 on the penalty kill. Next up for the women's team is their final regular season series of the year, as they will travel to Bemidji to take on the Bemidji State Beavers. Friday's game will be at 6.07 p.m., and Saturday's will be at 2.07 p.m., and both games can be live-streamed from flowhockey.tv. For the men's basketball team, in this last week, they went 1-2. and two. 
On the night of the last podcast, Marcus Carr scored 19 points and Gabe Klauscher added 16 in a close 71-68 victory over the number 24 ranked Purdue Boilermakers. In a game where both teams struggled from three-point range, Carr hit two big late three-pointers and a pair of late free throws from Gabe Klauscher put away the Boilermakers for good. In fact, a made three-pointer from Carr with 14 seconds left in the game gave the Gophers their first lead of the second half, and like I said, it stuck. However, four nights later, they would fall to the Maryland Terrapins, who shot a season-best 53 from, from the floor, 59. They would lose the game 59-72, to sorry. Minnesota came up against a hot defense in that game that made the Gophers go 19 for 59 from the floor and 8 for 28 from three-point range. The Gophers were led by Jamal Mashburn Jr. in this game who had 14 points in the loss. Then just last night, Indiana got off to a hot... They got hot late in the game to pull away to beat the Gophers 82-72. to the game last night against the Hoosiers was tied at 55 midway through the second half before the Hoosiers went on an 18-4 run, capped off by a big Indiana dunk to put Indiana in front 73-59 with two and a half minutes remaining in the game. The Gophers are now 13-8 on the season and hope to finish the season strong with only four games left on their schedule. They are currently ninth out of 14 teams, excuse me, in the Big Ten Conference. Their lone game this week is on Saturday as they will take on the number five ranked Illinois fighting Illini at 2 p.m. And it can be seen on Fox Sports North. For the women's basketball team, they went 1-1 for the second straight week, but this time they opened up their week with a win. Back on Sunday, Minnesota women's basketball team never trailed going wire to wire, beating Wisconsin 68-63. Minnesota opened the game on a 12-4 run and held an 18-10 cushion after the first quarter. Wisconsin closed the deficit, though, in the second quarter using a 14-5 run to trim the lead to just one point with 2-12 to go in the first half. Sarah Scalia hit a three-pointer, and freshman Alexia Smith scored on a layup to push the lead back up to six, and Minnesota entered halftime with a 32-28 lead. Gophers' sophomore trio of Caddy Sissico, Sarah Scalia, and Jasmine Powell carried the way for the team, accounting for 52 of the team's 68 total points in the game. However, three nights later, Minnesota saw their two-game winning streak come to an end with a 83-256 loss at the hands of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Scoiners and Hubbard each had six points in the opening quarter as Rutgers held a 21-16 lead following the first 10 minutes. However, the Scarlet Knights opened the second quarter with a three-pointer to extend their lead to eight but Minnesota held a 10-3 edge over the next four-plus minutes to get back within one. Unfortunately, Rutgers did have an answer, scoring 11 of the final 13 points of the half, being able to take a 38-28 lead at halftime. And unfortunately for the Gophers, that was followed by a 22-11 advantage for the Scarlet Knights in the third quarter. 
And they were, and they led by double digits for nearly the entire second half, unfortunately. Sophomore Clarkie Scoiners was Minnesota's top scorer and rebounder, going for 13 points and 8 boards. And fellow sophomore Sarah Scalia also reached double figures with 12 points, and she added 3 assists herself. Next up for the women's hoop team, they will travel to Maryland for a game against the Terrapins on Saturday at 11 a.m. That game can be seen on BTN+. Then the girls will host the Nebraska Cornhuskers on Wednesday the 24th at 6 p.m. Also on BTN+. For the volleyball team, after this last weekend, the Gophers volleyball team is still rolling as they are now a perfect 8-0 on the year. <coughs> Excuse me. Perfect 8-0 on the year. And 81% of you that had the Gophers beating Penn State on the 14th. Congratulations to you guys. Like I said, the Gophers are off to an 8-0 start. And in the first game, they would beat the Penn State Nittany Lions three sets, 2-1. They won the first set going 29-27 won the second set 25-23, lost 25-23 in the third set, and then put the Nittany Lions away 25-18 in the fourth set. Stephanie Samedi led the Gophers with 23 kills and contributed 10 digs. Regan Pittman also produced 10 kills. In the fourth set alone, she had four in four attempts and five blocks. Taylor Lanfair and Adana Rollins each had 11 kills, while CeCe McGraw had 19 kills and 8 assists. And once again, Melanie Shaftmaster had a match-high 49 assists, added with 6 kills and 17 digs. So, huge, huge game from them. But then, the next night, they came back from a deficit. Minnesota won the first set against the Nittany Lions, 25-29, to but they quickly got down two sets to one as they lost the second one 16-25 and the third one 17-25. They come back winning 25-15 in the fourth set and then 15-10 in the final set. This time, Minnesota's offense was anchored by Taylor Lanfair, who had a career-high 22 kills, followed by Stephanie Same Day with 19. Same Day added her 39th career double-double with 16 digs as well, and then Donna Rollins notched 9 kills and 9 digs as well. Once again, Mel Melanie Shaftmaster had 43 assists and 14 digs, and they were clicking on all cylinders, so congratulations to the volleyball team. Next up for them, they will be in Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend, taking on the Cornhuskers on Friday and Sunday. Friday's game will be at 8, 8, 8 p.m. on the Big Ten Network, and Sunday will be at 11 a.m. also on the Big Ten Network. You guys know what time it is now. Local business shout-out. So this week, our local business shout-out goes out to a small business called Mini Schlagen. Mini Schlagen is a local Minnesota take on the game Hammerschlagen. For those that have not heard of that, you can play it with two or more players and everything you need to know about this game and how to play it is included um, in the different mini schlagen packages on their website. As most of you know, this can be a 21 plus game 
or you make it or you can make it fun for the family as well. To start, each player gets a nail and you pass around a hammer in a circle trying to be the first one to hammer your nail all the way into the log. The really cool thing about mini schlagging is they have a no log left behind promise, which means the log you receive from ordering with them will differ from what you see pictured on their website because they waste nothing and all of their logs find a home. So check them out at minischlagen.com. That's M-I-N-N-E-S-C-H-L-A-G-E-N.com. Each set is unique and features a real log from Minnesota. And as a result, your set will be beautiful and playable packaged in a convenient handmade wood carrying case. The only thing you have to supply is family or friends, music, a place, and the drinks. And honestly, I'm just as I'm talking about this, I'm getting so ready to go get my own and ready for summer to have this take over my summer. <laughs> so like I said, go check them out at minischlagen.com or on their Instagram or Facebook as Mini Schlagen. Also, pay attention to our Instagram uh, tonight, as along with this episode, I'll include them in our post and story. So, needless to say, I cannot wait to see your guys' Mini Schlagen boards. Now, we get to our first question of the day. Uh, ben asked, what is your opinion on PEDs in sports? Great question, Ben. In short, I'm against them. Uh, for those that don't know what PED stands for, uh, PEDs are performance-enhancing drugs. And honestly, I look at them as cheating because truthfully, excuse me, I have little respect for athletes, especially professional athletes, that are found out to have used them because as sports, medicine, and technology is evolving in the sports world as well, each league, major sports league, has a list of supplements that they tell everyone, like, hey, these are the this is the list is list that is acceptable, and this is the list that aren't. Their agents get it, their trainers get it too. So these players, like I said, in today's day and age, that give the whole, I had no idea they weren't allowed to me. That to me, that's just a load of crap because you do, you just chose not to follow the rules. Because every year the every league to my knowledge resends that out to each team because like i said things change so there's things changing in certain things if there are certain supplements that you know they take out one thing maybe they go from being banned to not banned or vice versa so with um with that said though i do have a rather unique look on peds when it comes um to being sport to sport basis uh in my opinion in a full contact sport like a football there should be a zero zero tolerance for it you have defensive ends in that a sport like daniel hunter who's 6'5 250 pounds or jj watt who's 6'5 280 pounds so guys like themselves just like that already hit like a brick house now on the other side of the ball you look at um Running backs who, by definition, running backs typically aren't aren't always necessarily teams that are, they aren't necessarily um, positions that you have to be big to do well. I, 
one guy that specifically comes to mind is Boston Scott. I looked him up today. He's 5'6", and he's barely 200 pounds. So like I said, you take a Daniel Hunter or a J.J. Watt, who's 6'5", 250 plus, and you juice him up, you let him get juiced up a little bit, he's going to dang near kill Boston Scott with just a simple, just a simple tackle. So like I said, that's a serious problem in my eye. And should just not be allowed in football. However, in a sport like baseball, honestly, I'm not opposed to just hearing Rob Manfred come out in the next couple weeks or in the next year and say whatever to all the steroids and crap. Um, the reason I say that is because it's already come out that some of the greats that truthfully I looked up to are were, were great players, like Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Sammy Sosa and Manny Ramirez, just to name a few, are juicing. And um, it's all for one reason in baseball, to hit more home runs. So that coupled with it doesn't seem like most of these players are stop stopping, especially since these new players see what's happened to those players and they're just continuing to do what they're doing. So like I said, needless to say, with it not being a full contact sport and with the purpose being... Um, doing that, I'm all for, for letting them do what they want, move, you know, move, do, let them use the PEDs they want, move the fences back and inject the, just the actual baseball. I mean, why not? Home runs and big hits are essentially what people want to see, um, in baseball. So with that on the MLB twins front for all you twins baseball fans, yesterday was the first day of spring training. There were no games, but it was the first day that players um, came to spring training. Games don't actually start until the 28th, but like I said, yesterday was the first official day of spring training. <clears throat> so baseball is getting closer. Also, in the last week, there has been some news with regards to the Twins. First, back on, what was that? Um, what was that? I believe it was Monday. Yeah, Monday the 15th. Uh, we signed relief pitcher uh, Matt Shoemaker uh, to a $2 million uh, deal. He made six starts last year with his uh, in his second season with the Blue Jays. Um, and it looked like looking into him, his, some of his best days were back in Los Angeles uh, between 2014-2016. So, um, you know, once again, you see this Twins team really trying to be deep at that pitcher position which is kind of what we lacked last year we had the bats we just didn't always and even two years ago we didn't even always have the pitchers to keep us you know keep us afloat so that's that's nice to see also as of earlier today former Minnesota Twins second baseman Brian Dozier is retiring after nine seasons um Dozier retired after nine years in the majors and 167 career home runs uh, he was a longtime twin. Um, I believe he. Um, uh, we traded him right before the deadline back in. Was that 2017? Maybe 2018. Um, so you know, congratulations to him. I know he was on the Nationals last year team when they won the whole thing. So congratulations to him on his. Great career. Thank you for all your work with the Twins organization, and we hope you have a nice. And splendid uh, retirement career.
So, uh, yeah. The last thing I did want to mention about the Twins, we can talk more about it. I know spring training isn't that crazy. Uh, it is what it is, but their first official spring training game is on the 28th. So, once again, like I said, we can talk more about it next week. But it, exciting, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this Bomba squad get, uh, get back going into it. Um, next up, the Wild. Once again, in our polls this last week, one of the extras we did, we said, will the Wild season start on January 16th? And honestly, um, I, I like to kind of answer these by myself and I, I voted no. So for the 50, it, it was, it was closer than I thought. 53% of you said, yes, it was going to start on the 16th. Like it did, but 47 of you were like me and said, no, um, I not that I didn't want them to be playing for a lot longer, but just with what happened, it seemed like they were going to be cautious. Um, but it looked like they just kind of came back and dealt with it. So it didn't seem like everybody was really ready for it. As last night, there were four, maybe five of their six defensemen that were brand new. So good for them getting back out there. Honestly, I did not expect them to do great. They lost uh, four to zero. Um, sorry, I think I said last night. This was two nights ago. Um, so that's what we had for them. Um, honestly, I would say it'll take us another game, game and a half before we see them kind of click, click on all cylinders here and do their thing. Um, but hey, I'm just I'm glad they're back playing. Uh, I finally got my TV situation figured out, so super excited that I'm actually going to start being able to watch uh, the Wild and even the Timberwolves going forward here. So, needless to say, next up for the Wild, they will be in Anaheim to take on the Ducks tonight at 9 p.m. You better bet your butt I'm going to be watching that game, and then they're going to still be in Anaheim on Saturday to take on the Ducks again at 8 p.m. And then they're going to travel to San Jose for a game with the Sharks at 9.30 p.m. on uh, Monday. And then on Wednesday, the 24th, they will have their last stretch of away games as they will be in Colorado to take on the Avalanche at 8 p.m. All of those games can be seen on Fox Sports North. So on to the NWHL, unfortunately. I've been keeping my eyes peeled. Um looking at the white caps twitter page google uh all my sources <laughs> i like to say and there's there's nothing um they haven't released anything saying virtually anything since it's happened so that kind of leads me into wanting to talk about our second question which the second and last question of the week came from jp and jp wants to know he said how long until fans are allowed back at all sports games with no masks. Do you think it'll be more or less than six months? Um, once again, thank you for your question, JP. And uh, honestly, it's a really great, great question. I could see some sports starting to bring fans back at some capacity, definitely within the next six months, but probably more than likely with masks. The Super Bowl actually did have fans so maybe it's actually going to be sooner than we think. <coughs> My wife would say that the eternal optimist in me is making an appearance, though, because I also thought that COVID really was wouldn't affect prof professional sports and seasons like they have. Um, 
as far as in person with no masks, I think it could be as painful as it is for me to admit. It could be a full two to three more years from now before we see sold out arenas with no masks. And part of the issue I see with this becomes kind of a state by state kind of legislature kind of government state by state issue. Meaning theoretically the NHL, the NFL, the MLB, NBA, MLS, NWHL, all these big, um, these big uh, sports, what am I trying to say? Uh, leagues could come back and say, hey, you know, we approve everybody to bring fans back at 50% their arena capacity. But I don't, but states, we have to realize that they have their own regulations. So, you know, as we're seeing in the news, there are certain states that are more, have more stringent um regulations and some states that have more open regulations so i don't think major sports <coughs> truthfully want to get into all that mess with each state so honestly we could see um some states have fans in seats within the next month truthfully but we could also see some states with no fans whatsoever for the next year um for instance we saw some stadiums allowing fans this last 2020 nfl season with masks um, I mean, like I mentioned before, we even saw it at the Super Bowl even. So I don't think allowing more fans to each of, of the sporting events within the next um, six months is too far-fetched. But like I said, though, I think we're going to see fans coming back in waves um, at time with limits and such like that. Uh, personally, for Minnesota, I think other than family members of the players or staff members, it'll probably be until June or July until Minnesota has fans in the stands, unfortunately. Um, and if you ask Cassie, this is a great opportunity to start supporting non-professional athletics, which I completely agree um, with my wife as well, and giving them our views, time, and money. So JP, she's ready to chat about it whenever you're willing to listen. Although, I warn you to proceed with caution. <laughs> So, moving on, um, on to the Timberwolves. Um, we're we're gonna, um, the we we've mentioned this before, before. Eternal optimist over here. Um, we're gonna keep it nice and short this week with the Timberwolves, as um, even the eternal optimist in me is very, very frustrated with this team. Yes, we get Carl Anthony Towns back, but very Minnesota fashion. <clears throat> now, Russell. Um, D'Angelo Russell's out for four to six weeks with surgery. Um, I was looking into this. So it's been about a full calendar year that we've had D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team. Anybody want to take a guess as to, um, anyone want to take a guess as to how many games the two of them have played in together since that happened? Screw it. I'll just answer for you guys. Five. Five. That's, I mean, honestly, that's just absurd. It it sucks because I, part of me wishes we could just move on from this whole thing and just say, you know what, we tried it, whatever. But for the most part, I'm not optimistic from the standpoint that we're going to win a championship with him. But simply from the standpoint of <clears throat> five games is such a small sample size. I think we were four and one or three and two with them playing. It was one of those two. Um, but... Um, yeah, less than stellar. I mean, we went one and three this last week. We beat a um, Toronto Raptor team that we're about to play this upcoming week. 
but we were right there. We almost beat the defending champs, and then we let two games slip away from our um, our grasps. The one game I did want to talk about was that Pacers game. They lost, I think it was 134 to 126 in overtime. The reason I want to bring this up, because the worst part about this loss, and I went back and I looked at a lot of these games that are close, and it's a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are true. With 59 seconds left, we were up by five points. So how how does that happen? Like, this team needs to commit. Ryan Saunders needs to do a better job of being a better closeout team. Like, I know a full basketball game is 60 minutes, but the first 58 minutes of a game doesn't mean anything if you can't hold a lead. Like, you can score 50 points in 50 minutes, but if you lose and you blow a seven-point lead in the last minute and a half, those to me, those 50 points don't mean anything. Now, again, Eternal Optimist, it's it's nice to see guys like Anthony Edwards doing his thing. This kid's 19 years old, and I can tell he's going to be special. I just hope we don't blow it like we do with every future Hall of Famer, future um, you know, all-star that we just trade away. Um, but this team looks good. They just can't win games and they can't string games together. Now that Carl Anthony Towns is back, hopefully they can figure something up. But <clears throat> needless to say, uh, next up for the Wolves, they're going to host the Toronto Raptors, like I mentioned, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports North before they head out on the road for a four-game road schedule. So... Sunday, they will be in New York against the Knicks at 6 p.m. And then on Sunday, or sorry, Tuesday, they'll be in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks at 7. And then Wednesday, the 24th, they will take on the Bulls in Chicago at 7 p.m. All of these games can be seen on the Fox Sports North channel. So... Um, now on to, uh, we, there's not a whole lot of news on the Vikings, but I did want to, you know, we had one of our fun polls. Will the Vikings trade away their first over their first <clears throat> round number 14 overall draft pick? And I was, I was pleasantly surprised again. I was, I've, I, I thought, yes, I, it, it, it's sounding like we're going to do it, but I was heavily outnumbered. 85% of you said, no, we're not going to trade it away. Um, and, um, you know, I, I hope you guys are wrong. <laughs> I hope you guys are wrong. Um, I, I either hope we trade it to get a solid lineman or a quarterback from somebody, or I hope we trade it to move up. I mean, you know, again, not to, you know, get down that, you know, the loophole of, oh, you know, Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. <laughs> But um, they they need to make something happen. I mean, we're not um, we're not uh, you know you know we're kind of in win now mode because if we don't win something within the next like I've been mentioning two three years, it's not going to be for seven years or something like that until we win something. So um, with that said, it's worth noting we are only seventy days from the twenty twenty one NFL draft. And for those that are itching for it, 203 days until the NFL season starts. So hold on to that knowledge there for you. Lastly, 
Um, I feel bad I meant to bring this up in Goldie's locker room talk, but for you college spring sport fans, I do have good news for you. Softball and baseball is starting back up for the Gophers. Uh, I, I have on my list here, we're going to dive more into them next week, but I did want to mention that not this week, but upcoming week, the softball team will be in session. Their first game is a double header against the Maryland Terrapins on the 26th. So exciting news for them. And then I've been keeping an eye on it. The men's baseball team just released their schedule um, just earlier this morning or yesterday, and they're opening up their season at the beginning of March. So uh, stay tuned for that. I might even post some stuff about it um, on, uh, on Twitter uh, within a week. So stay uh, stay tuned on that. So with that said, remember this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter and Instagram handles are at miniweekend and email is miniweekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure if you'd like to uh, stay anonymous with your questions or topics. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the latest episode as soon as it comes up. Until next time, Mini.